Broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside former Packer Brian Balaga, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. means it's going to be the best 60 minutes of your day. Brian Bulaga's Homer Hour. I figured out how to say it. Jason Wilde, normally on Thursdays, is now on Mondays because Brian Bulaga during the non-football season gets Thursdays off. Mm. Actually, it's not like they even asked you that whatever they decided, whoever the people in charge said. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't ask me. Yeah, they, they didn't ask me either. either. <laughs> they're, going to do ba- they're going to do basketball on Thursdays, which is fine, but uh, yeah. we'll miss you. Um, yeah. Just, you know, just more to look forward to on Thursdays once football season comes around. You know what I mean? Just, you know, saving it up, saving it up. Because I know you're always thinking about things. I um, am. And, you know, as, as news pops up, too, I always feel like, you know, man, we could talk about this. We we can kind of dive into this. What catches your do- attention just as so that I know for as an aside? Well, you know, right now, um, it happened today, obviously, you know, and we'll we'll kind of dive into this a little bit with Jason because obviously he knows he's very good with these things. But you kind of see the three guys that pack the Packers, you know, as of right now, are moving on from unless they reach an agreement by you know free agency or whatever it may be. Savage, Yash Nyman, and Nixon, obviously the All Pro All Pro special teamer. Um, those guys are set to be free agents, and I, and I understand the Yash Nyman one backup tackle kind of got beat out by Walker. Probably moving on. Had a big had a big number coming up, two point five million. Um, Nixon's another one, which I'll be interested to see if they bring him back. I mean, I, if it's me, I'm bringing him back. I think he's a I think he's a good guy to have in the locker room. And th- where I want to get with Jason on is is the Darnell Savage situation, right? Because we already know. We're very thin at the safety position to start with right now, right? Like we ended the season and there were guys in and out at the safety position and even at the corner position. Um, and it was a and it's an area of concern and it's certainly an area of concern going into the offseason of just about our depth, our experience. What is our do we really have the proper talent needed at that position? And and kind of, you know, what these moves signal um from Goody and kind of his play with it. So those are things I kind of want to get into because you know, all these things affect what's going to happen in free agency, obviously, with, you know, not just these guys, but if we look to sign anyone in free agency. Uh, hold on. They're not signing anybody in free agency. Come on. I mean, it's you don't pos- think so. No, they never do. Come on. What are we? We, had to go, we go through this every year, and if I'm wrong and they sign, will they sign somebody of significance in free agency? No. That's, the way, go- that's the way you have to state it. And then if they prove you wrong, you give them credit. But of how many years you followed the Green Bay Packers, 
play for him. How many years did they do something in free agency? Like two? Yeah, when they signed Julius and then obviously Zadarius and Preston is the ones that stick yeah. out to me. And then even you further I mean? back when they brought in uh when they brought in Woodson. Um but that's because nobody else wanted him. But I mean the the general rule is you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm not gonna have hair. And it's possible I could have some, and it's possible the Packers would sign a free agent of some significance, but I wouldn't count on it. Now, given how good the team was this year, or the belief of how good they might be next year, but when you do that, that basically means that the people you have on the team, you didn't draft well enough or you don't think they're good enough, and the Packers don't normally feel that way. Correct. Yeah. They, I mean, normally they feel really good about who they have in-house. Um, the only thing with that is I know they may feel good about that, but if we look at the roster right now, right, like that's probably the one position that really sticks out as area of concern and need is the secondary. And with this scheme that's getting brought in, the secondary is a big deal. So say you, you lose Nixon, you lose Savage, and now you're really left with Jair, you know, if you think Stokes is going to come back healthy, right, after all those hamstring injuries and whatnot, whatever he had going on throughout the season. So Jair, Stokes, um, then Valentine, Valentine, kind of unknown guys that, you know, under well, less, the radar. But, but less unknown than not. Now you know more. They held you up know, there into the donkey. I can I could see you believing in them, believing in them right? Yeah, I can, but I, I think the the question is, do I believe in them as full-time day one starters? Okay. I don't know about that. Brian Bulaga, do that. you believe in them as full-time starters? Or do you uh, believe in them as full-time starters more than you believe in the Packers going free agency? Well, yeah. I, yes, I believe in that more than them going to free agency and getting someone. Yeah, I, I, yes, I do. Um, and I think it'll be an area that they potentially address in the draft. But then again, you're going back to rookies. So um, I I think that if there's a safety that, that's out there that, and again, I don't even have the list of free agents. Don't need to. Free, yeah, I mean, I, I think if there's a safety that's out there that's not a mind-blowing number that they feel like they can get in and make an impact, they may get a safety in free agency. But we'll see, right? Like, that's something that no, we'll see. No, we assume not, but they can prove us wrong. Yeah, I, I don't certainly. know how you can expect – I don't know how you can expect them to do it now. They, they might add a guy that you've never heard of, or maybe you've heard of, and most people heard, but they're not going to go, wow. But No, I don't think so. And I will admit – the key – the reason I say this is it's, it could happen – but that's not the expectation given the history of the Packers. And if they do it, then they get all the credit and it stands out and makes you go, all right, it'd be the first question for you or Jason. What was different that it made the Packers decide to go this way? I mean, they've, they've changed uh, defensive coordinators before. And I would basically say that hadn't made them pick anybody. But if it has, I've forgotten. I don't know the year that. When they when he added all the defensive players, what four of them? I mean, that was, was that? huge. That was that was in twenty nineteen. Amos, right. Preston, right. was Zedarius. that the first? That wasn't was that the first year of a defensive coordinator? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, it wasn't because it was still Petten, wasn't it? I'll look at my sheet here in a second. My point yeah. is that you might wanted to do it. You might think they should do it, 
But history says they're not going to do it. And if they do, it will stand out in a huge way. And that's the way it should be presented. Everybody should assume they're going to do nothing in free agency. All right. Well, 2019 uh, was Petten's second year, I believe, as defensive coordinator. And the year before, Rodgers Rodgers got hurt, didn't he? They were... 18. Yeah. That was our, that was McCarthy's last year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know they got hurt. They just sucked. 691. Yeah. We yeah. yeah. LaFleur's we first year, Petten came back and they were 13 and 3. Petten came back um and then uh second and third years and then they axed him and they brought in the legendary Joe 363 <laughs> Barry. Yeah. Don't you think that's the memory of Joe Barry? If you're, if you're going to have a, a nickname for Joe Barry, what's it going to be? I, I go with 363. Do you? Uh, now what's, the, what's the 363 I believe that's symbolize? the rushing yardage of the Philadelphia Eagles in one game. Pebble, do Ooh. I have that right? I believe that's right, yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there may be something else. Ooh. He had some legendary bad games. But I, I do want to emphasize that they were 10th in points given up this past year. Yeah, Ten. I mean, listen, there's uh, – He was almost yeah, – his numbers were almost identical, or actually a little bit better than Patton. Patton was 22nd, 9th, and 13th, and Barry was 13th, 17th, and 10th. The yeah, problem with the Green Bay Packers, the last – the majority of the last six years has been their offense. Points scored by the Green Bay Packers offense in the last seven years, 21st, 14th, 15th, 1st, 10th, 14th, and 12th. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do it. Now, the no. to be fair, so that I have all the stats, the Kansas City Chiefs were amazing this year because unlike other years when their offense was great, their offense this year was 15th in points scored. That's how bad they were most of the year. Yeah. And um, they, are the, I mean, they are the first team, but yet defensively, uh, they were second. And the San Francisco was third. This was a year where the defenses excelled in the playoffs in terms of the Super Bowl teams. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows you that, listen, if Green Bay – because I, I think we're on a good track with offense right now. Like, I really do. Yeah. I, I feel I feel really good with it. I, I look at that defense, and if we can get that defense to stay at 10, 10th – and we'll say points allowed, right, just to make this thing easy. Yeah. If we can stay within that top 10 of points allowed, I think we're going to see a dramatic record turnaround this year, like much better, more consistent performances where we're not going to have big dips. Um, And maybe we even potentially, which I hope the new coordinator does defensively is clean up the run, you know, the run game uh, ranking as well. And if we can do that, I mean, you're going to see a completely different, you know, defense. I, I mean, you're I you're going to see something great. So, in point, I want to give it in points given up, or excuse me, in points scored, points scored ranking in the Super Bowl. The two teams: first, third, eighth, seventh, third, sixth, fourth, second, fourth, second, third, second, third, first. All right, those are the last seven years. Now this year it was fifteen. That's why because Kansas City was so bad early in the year with the receivers dropping all the balls, and San Francisco was third. So generally, in the last three, six, eight years, if you're not above, if you're not better than eight, then in most cases, better than like fifth, you're not making the Super Bowl. Yeah, 
Now, a lot of the times, I mean, listen, there's always outliers. But, now, and I this mean, year was different. The two defenses were second and third. Here are the defenses the last few years in the Super Bowl. 16th, 8th, 15th, 17th, 8th, 11th, 7th, 8th, 7th, and 20th. So, yeah. but anyway, all right, go back to what you said. I've I've given my numbers. Some people don't like points, and I'm more than willing to change to something else. But you have to find me something that is a better indicator of winning and losing than points given up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I like points given up. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what matters is how many points you allow and what you right. say as a defense, what's the deficit that you give to your offense to make up, right? Like, so if you're if you're in that top 10 of points allowed, I mean, you could say what you want, that they can't get off the field, the drives are too long. But if they're only giving up 17, 18 points a game yeah. – we should expect our offense to be able to score twenty-one points, right? Yeah. Like that's oh yeah, something that, and that means they're keeping them to make they're they're forcing to make field goals. Yeah. Um, so so like I look at it that way. So if if we can have a defense that stays in that range, I feel really good about the team. And now, like I said, this all kind of reverts back to this new scheme and the secondary that we put behind it, right? Like. Because obviously we need, like I feel really good about the front four that we're going to deploy out there. Gary, probably Preston, um, Slayton, and and Kenny and Van Ness. Like I feel really good about those guys. Now, do I feel good? I mean, time will tell. Do I feel good about them being relied upon to just get home, just four of them all the time and win all the time? That's going to be what we have to see because we saw with this defense the weak point is when the four front four don't consistently get home and win and apply pressure to the quarterback and you have to bring pressure it opens up major holes in the defense so that's where my secondary my whole spiel on the secondary kind of kicks in that if we get into a game where we play a very good offensive line kind of like we're looking at with Detroit right in division Minnesota's got a decent line and we're struggling to get home with four and we got to start bringing pressure. Do, are the guys in the back end good enough to hold up when we're bringing six guys? And that's the big question. And that's why I kind of look at it as, you know, with Savage and Nixon guys that are going to be free agents, if we don't retain those guys, we have to fill that with somebody. Like, you just can't let veteran guys walk out and not fill the void some way, somehow. Now, whether that's the draft or whatever it may be, you have to fill in those spots because – we saw in the secondary this year, we were riddled with injuries. You know, soft tissue injuries were a big thing, hamstrings, all that. Like, and obviously that's why Green Bay made the change um, in the strength and conditioning department, all that kind of stuff. But if we, if we ride with the group that we have right now, right, and there's injuries again, who's behind them, right? And then we get into these ball games where we have to bring pressure and we have to put these guys a little more isolated, are we going to be in trouble? And that's kind of where I'm full circle on this whole thing is free agency, wherever it is, are we going to be able to kind of reload the cupboard to feel good about this new defense in the, in the back end? Well, you're going to have to ask Jason Wildey because you said, I want him on. He's on. He's next. Jason Wildey is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Everybody on planet Earth should get information about the Green Bay Packers from Jason Wildey every day of the year. I do my part, but not as well as I should. 
And I no longer introduce him because that goes to the doctor of football, Brian Bulaga. Jason, good evening. Thanks for joining us on a Monday now. We appreciate it. I'm excited for the adjustment to my schedule, and I'm excited for you to win your golf member guest championship that's coming up later this week. I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate that. I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going to fight hard. Is, is Homer your guest? Not after he told me about his putting woes. I can't have him in a shootout having putting woes. So right, no, We're going to have to go head-to-head, sir. I think, I, I think that'd be a challenge. I'd like to go head-to-head with you. I give you the slight favorite. Uh, but, uh, yeah, any, any course you want. I prefer Curry National where uh, Nick Price once played, but I'm sure you have better places. Jason, by the way, I want to help you with your dogs and your family and your cats, like, so you can go with your family. All you have to do is find someone who'll come into your house and watch your dogs and cats. It's not that hard yeah, to do. They're, I know. Yeah, so. It, it actually is. You don't want to do that, because if you did, you could have easily no, taken No, I do. No, I do. Oh. We did. We put forth the effort. Uh, you turned me down, which, I, you know, I figured you could have done your show from the studio. I could have, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I turned no. you down. Ain't no damn way I'm doing that. No. No, you got okay. six cats. So, so, you so got six cats. It's on you. You got a couple dogs, maybe, and two cats. Six cats. You're crazy. I mean, let's just do that as a discount liquor Twitter poll question. Homer says Jason Woolley is crazy because he has six cats, or he's a crazy animal person. I don't know how to put that. Brian, don't you believe? Uh, I mean, six cats is nuts. It's a. I mean, it's a lot of cats. Yeah, it's a lot there of you animals. go. Yeah, you're so nice. It, it's a I lot mean, of cats. Three I mean, is a lot is, of cats. Six yeah. is you got issues. Uh, 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 we do have issues. All right, that's okay. Uh, I will, I will. So, so I don't make you look bad publicly. Who uh, me? I will tell you privately. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. You. Go ahead, you. make me look bad. You. I'm old. Uh, I don't no, care. No, I would, uh, All right. It, no, I, I. I will just say this. There. I think there's. Uh, I think I have a pretty reasonable psychological explanation uh, for why uh, one of us, not me. Uh, has expanded the cat roster to the degree that we did, and I'm not saying. Well, let me ask. Let me say this then: You're lady, a nicer person than I, I am because there's nobody I'm living with, or I've ever lived with, and that's the one person, or any of the kids got, is going to ever convince me to have six damn cats. I don't know what too many yeah. cats is, but it six is definitely sorry, ain't we, happening. But we were, you're too nice. I thought we were. I thought we were good at three. Uh, I will okay. say this: We are very lucky. We live in a as Brian well knows from his time living in Green Bay, I know the area. You get a lot of house for your money. Yeah. You don't have to be the starting right tackle to have a nice sized house. So we've got a lot of square footage, uh, and they've got a lot of room and a lot. We've got a lot of uh, litter boxes, so our house doesn't stink. I don't. Want, uh, I never not, thought that. Uh, I know, but some may because that is a large number of cats. No, you're. I, I just. It line, just reaffirms me that you're just nice, Brian. Would you allow? In a house in which you lived, six cats, yes or no? No, my wife would, would never. But what I will say no, with you, this. No, you, not your wife. You. You personally. Your no, wife I'm, wants. I'm, I'm a, no, I'm a dog guy. I'm a dog Would you guy. allow six dogs in your house? No. The most I had oh, was two, oh. and it was, it, it, the most I had was two, and it was two bull mastiffs, right, so okay. 240-pound dogs. And that was a lot. That's like, a lot of dogs. That's yeah, the equivalent that was, of six dogs. It almost is. You're almost. You're right. All right, Pebble, but, put this up. Discount there. Homer says having six cats is too many. Agree or disagree? I'm not even going to mention Jason's name in there because 
He could, he might could influence be a new the male. poll. What? Could I, be like one of your ninety-eight. No, I don't. Field. I don't think so. I think there are enough crazy animal people that I would get. I would guess maybe thirty percent think it's not too much. No way. You know. All right. No okay. Way we'll see. High. What do you, you have, know, Pavel? Jason? That's a, the, right. is is well, how we how well, we I already put it up, it up originally when you had Jason's name in there. Homer said Take Jason will be okay. Leave it there. No, I don't like want you. Home. will influence the poll. As, of right, as of right now, 86% agree with Homer. All right, well, so get the Jason exactly. out of there. Is six cats in a house too many? Yes or no? All right, sorry, go uh, ahead. I'd like to talk to the nurse practitioner of football, please. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, I mean, Homer and I were talking about kind of the, you know, the, the three guys that didn't get technically that didn't reach extensions and are technically free agents unless they re-sign Savage and Nixon are the two that stand out. Obviously, Yash kind of got beat out by Walker, you know, late end of the season. What do you see the Packers doing with Savage and Nixon? Do you see it as those two two guys that they may bring back, or are they going to let those guys walk and try to replenish the uh, cupboard and, and take their chances? I, yeah, good question. Uh, I think I think there's a chance. I think there's a decent chance that Nixon is back. I think if he gets a reasonable offer, uh, he really seems to have kind of found a home and a place where people understand him. I I know uh, earlier in the year I was asking something of Bisaccia who'd had him in with the Raiders, and it just felt like he, he was better understood in Green Bay. And there is value in that, especially if you're, you know, maybe a guy who's a little quirky or a little different or, you know, I think mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out how to make sure that they understand Jair Alexander better, right? I think that that was part of maybe their issues this year with him. So uh, not that Jair is absolved of the issues that he created, by the way. I'm not absolving him at all. But I just, I think, I think Keyshawn's really happy. Uh, I think they feel like, you know, he has value. I think last year, what was his contract? Like it was... Nine hundred and some thousand dollars, and then signing yeah. bonus money. Like, it, you know, he doesn't cost a fortune, and he is a field tilter if you're able to actually have kickoffs fielded by him. Um, I, I don't know what to make of uh, Darnell Savage. My gut tells me that they will not re-sign him. At the same time, I do think, and I don't know, I wouldn't put a percentage on it, but I kind of felt like if Joe Barry was back. It was going to be single-digit percent chance that he'd be back. I feel like them changing systems and him potentially being uh, recast in a different role would at least increase that chance, but I still don't think it's above 50-50. I think it's below that. Okay. I just think he's going to get a fresh start somewhere else. And, and I know there was kind of a stir. Again, Twitter is such a weird place and with aggregators and you know i know matt schneidman wrote a piece in the athletic where he basically talked like it's a done deal that david won't be back but he did make it clear that that was his opinion and that no one had told him flat out on the record david's gonna get cut i mean you know in the immortal words of the great american orator mark tauscher no blank blank like (laughs) you cannot bring him back at $39.99 million is his cap number. There's just no way you can do that. Mm -hmm. And when you know that you will clear 
$21 million of cap space by moving on from him because his dead cap number is $19 million, which I know is still a lot, uh, not compared to the $40 million they carried of dead cap space uh, for Rodgers last year. But that's a lot, but it's less. You're actually creating cap space for moving on from him as opposed to having less cap space because of him. So I personally think that they are going to move on from him. My question is, where will his knee be when it's fully healed? Because I don't think it will be when they release him. So no. that's a complicating factor. And sure is. What, is. what is a team going to be willing to risk contract-wise, and how desperate must that team be to sign him and give him anything remotely close to what his market value is for when he's healthy? Because if you believe that this uh, cartilage rejuvenation surgery that he underwent in November is going to get him back to being the guy he used to be, then you're going to get him for a hell of a bargain. And there's a chance he could be like our guy, Andrew Whitworth, I keep saying, who had a great second act with the Rams. Uh, But there's the risk of that this is never fixed, and you end up signing him and you give him some money, like if you're the Jets and you're super desperate with a quarterback who would love to have him on his team – and you pay him, and you get five games out of him, which would be four more than the Packers got this past season. Like, you, you cannot risk that. And so he's in a really tough spot. And, you know, I, I, don't, I try not to bring up Tausch's experiences because uh, those are his, but he did have some of the worst-timed ACL tears ever. Like, he was going into a – in 2002, remember, he was a seventh-round pick, that was back when he got three-year deals as seventh-round picks. So he was in a contract year, and he tore his ACL. I mean, that's a killer. And, yep. and so, you know, for, for him to have that happen, you know, Bakhtiari is in a different place because he's had two big contracts at least, but he certainly isn't going to have the same earning power until he proves he's healthy. So I do not think he will be back. I will be very surprised if the Packers bring him back. I am more curious now to see who will pay him or if it'll be an incentive-laden deal no matter where he lands. So you think that's going to be the first hat to drop is Bakhtiari? Yes. Okay. And I, I, don't, I don't know, like, you know, I, was, I traded a couple of messages with uh, Lafleur, and again, he's not in charge of personnel, so take that for what it's worth, but we were kind of, he was giving me a hard time about how the switch to the 4-3 means I won't ask any more stupid two-down lineman questions. <laughs> uh, and he, he said that, you know, it'll be nice that P, which is Preston Smith, and RG, uh, Rashawn Gary, are going to be defensive ends now, so I won't get confused, which I appreciate. But, <laughs> you know, him saying that sounds to me like he at least expects P to be on the team. So yeah. they, have to, they have to figure out something with Preston Smith's contract. I personally think they'll move on from Devondre Campbell. If they're moving mm-hmm. to a, a 4-3, uh, it, it does make sense to me. You don't, you don't necessarily need him. you got a couple of young guys you like. You can save some money there. But, again, I, I think David is the first and, and, quite frankly, as much as I love him, the most obvious. So with that, what do you think happens with Aaron Jones? So I I still can't believe that, and and this is not a slight on Aaron Jones at all, because I am pro-Aaron Jones on the roster. He's coming back. Come on. Right, right, right. But 
I, I still can't believe how definitive that Brian Gutekunst was when we asked him about it in his postseason presser. Like, you know, most general managers, they, they won't confirm that today is Monday. Yeah. Like, they, they don't want to paint themselves into any sort of corner. And with both him and Jair Alexander, who he said in no uncertain terms will not be traded, like – he basically flat out said they'll both be on the team next year. And that's also how we get to where we are with Bakhtiari, right? Because his answer was this wishy-washy kind of, I don't want to say anything. He's coming back from an injury. Well, we're just at the beginning of the process. Like, he, yeah. he the, the, the juxtaposition between those two answers and the Bakhtiari answer told you everything you needed to know. But uh, they, have, they, can't, they can't bring Aaron Jones back on a $17 million cap number either. No, so but they'll overpay they him. He's to, the one guy. They will overpay more than right. anybody so, else on so the roster. I would, I would predict that they will sign him to an extension, and it'll pay him like a $17 million guarantee that then they spread over three years. And then that's basically he's not getting any new money when you really think about it, right? Yep. And, yep. and it keeps him at the number he was supposed to get as opposed to this past season when he was supposed to get $16 million and he took a pay cut to eleven, which was smart. He ended up better off than Dalvin Cook did, who could have taken a pay cut to 10 from the Vikings and still been their lead back, and instead he said, forget you guys, and he ended up, you know, things didn't work out with the Jets, and then they didn't work out with Baltimore, and so I think what they'll do is they'll extend him. He'll get $17 million in guarantees, which is what he would have been paid this year, It'll be spread over like a three-year extension. And then if he, if he has more injury problems or he drops off the table, then they can cut him loose next year. And some of that you know, guaranteed money will accelerate into next year's cap. But they, it, they will not hamstring themselves uh, with an extension of, of only a few years with him. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I see it going, too. Because I think he's, like Homer said, he's the one guy you got to bring him back. They want to bring, bring him back. back. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, they I know should. they want and, to. And, yeah, and, and the, the, it's a smart football decision because I do think, you know, for all the criticism that both uh, Matt Lafleur and Mike McCarthy endured for not using him enough, I do think at the back end now he's a little bit like Raheem Mostert in that he's got more tread on his tires than he should as his thirtieth birthday approaches right and and so yep. that might actually benefit them at this point I, by the same token um you know i don't i don't know what aj dillon's market is uh and i don't think I, it's good i think that he's i don't think so either so then does that mean that he will be at a reasonable cost and they could bring him back on one of those remember when they brought back Tunyon a couple of years ago on like a one-year Total, like, prove-it deal. He was coming off the ACL, and yep. and he's a guy, you know, he didn't do anything with the Bears. And, man, I thought he was going to be, like, the next, no, I don't want to say George Kittle, but the next, like, out of nowhere, suddenly this guy's a stud tight end who catches 60 balls a year, and it just sort of fell apart for him. And I don't know what's going to happen with A.J. Dillon. I'd be shocked if he comes back. If he doesn't have a market, doesn't matter. They they want they want to go with somebody young. They want to go with they'll want to go with something else. I would. How about you guys? I, I would I would I would tend to agree with you. But again, if he doesn't have a market and you get him cheap, 
um, I, I do think that there is some appeal to him. Okay. I'm not saying there's none. I'm just, uh, but again, I, I just, it's hard for me to picture what his market would be. I don't think, like Brian said, it's going to be very good. All right, Jason, I know it's fine. It's hard to believe it's late. We were discussing free agents, and I said every year people would assume the Packers are going to do nothing. And if you're wrong, you give them credit and then assess what made it different this year than other years. Yeah, I, again, I think, you know, I've said this a bunch, but, like, everyone thinks that Goody is so much more of a free agent spender than Ted Thompson was. Uh, and it's just not true. He had one year where he spent in free agency. Otherwise, what he's been is really good at bargain basement guys. Keyshawn Nixon being one of them. Rasul Douglas that they picked up. You know, the, 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 the Devondre Campbell signing at the time was genius. The mistake was overpaying him and not realizing that it was it sure looked like a one-year wonder type deal. Um, yeah. You know, he paid Jimmy Graham. He'd have been better off keeping Jordy Nelson than spending that money on Jimmy Graham. That was a mistake. But his big spending was in 19 when it was the Smith brothers, Adrian Amos, and Billy Turner. It is not like he's been uh, that great in free agency. And don't forget, for whatever you say about Ted Thompson, the dude signed two guys that are both in – going to be now in camp mm-hmm. in free agency. He signed Charles Woodson, and he signed Julius Peppers, who I still think one of their mistakes was not bring. He wanted to stay in Green Bay after that 16 season, and yep. they wrote him off. And I think he had double-digit sacks in 17 going back to Carolina. Yeah. That was he a mistake. Ten. Yeah, he had 10 sacks. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to get rid of a guy too early rather than too late. All right, Jason, before you go, Pebble, would you give him the update on – do people think six oh. cats is too many with no mention of Jason Wildy? As I refresh the poll here at ESPN Homer, or the Homer Hour on Twitter, is six cats in a household too much right now? 98.2% say yes, 1.8% say no. You nailed it. You know you better than anybody else. I stand corrected. What's our record? Do you like Giannis? He's yeah, do you 90- like the Giannis was 96%. Oh, Wow. Oh, yeah. Boy. We could have job. the new champion. Thanks, Jason. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. Third quarter Thanks, next. Cisco Auto Body, I tell you about them so you'll like me. Sounds selfish. Have yeah, a think about it. All right. Fisco Auto Body. Fisco Auto Body in Forest Homer Franklin. Everybody needs an auto body place. And when you have one, you're good with them forever. They're that good. And then you never have to worry about it. It's a pain when those things happen. Doesn't have to be as painful as you think if you have Fisco Auto Body. Family business owned since 1931. It's not what they do. It's who they are. So by the time they're doing it for you, they've been doing it so long, it's easy. They don't tell you it's easy, but the quality of their work will tell you it must be. Fisco Auto Body on Forest Home and Franklin. You go there, you like them, and then you thank me for introducing you to them. Fisco, Fisco, Fisco to remember the name. The doctor of football, Brian Bulaga. We had our chat with uh, with J.C. Wildey, and uh, I'm the first one to admit this show is not as good when I'm on with the doctor of football than when Jason is. There's just... It's just a little bit different. I haven't figured out exactly why, but um, all right, let's get to, I haven't asked you this, but whenever I talk to Dave Robinson, the Hall of Famer with the Packers, and he mentioned, you know, the the offense got a lot of credit, Bart Starr, and he said, you know, every year we played them in uh, training camp and we were better. I said, whoa. Yeah. 
So yeah. what was the status of you offense to defense in your years with the Packers? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when you go against your defense, especially early on in camp, the defense is normally always so far ahead of the offense, just from a schematic standpoint and comfort level and understanding things uh, and, and being ready to go. It takes the offense a little while longer. We, we play with different techniques that take a little while to kick rust off than, say, a pass rusher or things like that. Um, uh, but once you know you're ready, and you, I don't know if you do two-minute drills, I can remember what to say. All right, once you know that you're even – was the offense better every year? Most no, years? I would say there were, it was probably in my 10 years there. We were we were probably ahead of the defense probably six or seven of the years. Mm-hmm. You know, six out of the seven. Um, you know, I always felt that the defense, obviously, you've said it historically. 2010. The 2010 yeah. yeah, that defense was really good. They were tough to go against in practice. They were They were good. The 2014 defense was really good. Uh, a lot of talented guys. Uh, and same thing with I, what I recall, at least for me, because they were new guys coming in, was 2019 when all those new free agents came in, Preston and Zadarius. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were tough then, too. So, And that was Rashawn Gary's rookie year and, and all that. So uh, those three years stood out to me that it was tough. But I felt, for the most part, once the offense got clicking, we were – we were normally ahead of them at, towards the end of camp, or at least I felt we were. Um, what percentage you, of that was because of Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I mean, I, I think obviously a, a large part. Right? 60%, like, 80%, 90%? I mean, like, listen, like, we obviously Aaron who is who he is, right? And, and right, when you but go, I don't know how much. Wait, wait, when you go against the defense so many days in a row and so many weeks in a row, Aaron starts to pick up everything. Like he understands all the mm. calls, all the adjustments. So we get into these no huddle drives in two minutes and he's hearing things from them and he knows every coverage and he makes adjustments and checks plays and you just torch him. And it's very easy to <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, they bring a pressure. He knows exactly where the pressure is coming from and, checks a pass, swings it out to Jordy Nelson, and he's gone for 50 yards. It's just, you know, or, or you know, they, you know, sends Devontae on a go route against a safety, and Devontae's going to win most of the time. Like, so it's just, it's little things like that, that once you get into camp and the quarterback, if you have a good one, starts to understand everything and uh, he knows what's coming, which is why I think training camp this year for Jordan Love is going to be really fun stuff to watch because, the 11 on 11 drills against a new D coordinator, new defense, um, new look. He's going to torch him. Tell him, tell him, doctor. I, I don't know what he's going to do. No, he should, it. right? He, he should. He, he should, but yeah, it's going to take okay. him, it's going to take him a little while to All get right. used to it. Now, I, from a offensive line standpoint, they should feel really good. I mean, it's not going to be as, you know, exotic and funky looking is Joe Barry's defense and the pressures that they bring. It'll be a little more straightforward to pick these things up. You're going to have more four-man looks all the time and and maybe a five-man pressure that you should be able to pick up most of the time. Obviously, the D coordinator will be throwing in his wrinkles and pressure packages that he needs to see and, you know, they can learn from. 
But from the O-line standpoint, it's all in front of you. So they should feel pretty good early on. Obviously, there's talented players on Green Bay's defense, Kenny, you know, Preston, you know, uh, Rashawn. They're good players and whoever Green Bay brings in. But it'll be fun stuff to watch those 11-on-11 drills to see where he's at with the new defense. And then obviously we don't know yet what Green Bay's – you know, joint practice schedule looks like they did two last year. I wonder if he'll go down to one this year. Yeah, we'll they don't, I mean, let's, they don't practice anymore. They, they barely have enough practices. Uh, all right. Where do we stand before we break? Cause we're even later than normal, which is really late, but it'll just be a two minute fourth quarter. Uh, Pebble, where are we on the discount liquor Twitter poll question is six cats in a household too much. We are looking at the legendary highest total ever, which you said was 96 point. There's 96% for Giannis. 96% do you like Giannis? Yeah. As of right now, we're at 96.5%. Yes, 3.5%. No. But that's, it's, uh, it was higher than that. This is the lowest it's been at 96.5. Um, it's moving slightly in the direction of six cats is not too much. I'm not trying to influence the vote whatsoever. Um, the two minute drill next. Brian Bulaga's Homer Hour on Monday. But Jason Woolley Early, you got about two minutes left. Is there anything you feel like you need to mention that I haven't given you time for? No, I mean I think what I want to mention is that I you know, I I feel bad that I couldn't watch the game you were calling for that long. Was, I don't. I'm glad you didn't. The, oh, the Titanic I mean, I, did better. Yeah, I looked at the final score, you know, later on that night and I'm glad I didn't watch it. They but, got a butt whooping. Now they'll play in a couple weeks, and I'm curious to see what happens because last year when they played at UConn, uh, UConn won easily, and then Marquette turned it around. But uh, they're 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 special. Uh, we'll see UConn, if it happens. U, UConn, UConn's good. Yes, I mean UConn's good. And then what I was going to ask you because I saw it before the game started, you know, and you and I kind of talked about it a little bit on the Wilding and Tausher show. I mean, they struggled against Butler, and Butler got ran out of the gym the other yes. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what does that say about the Marquette squad? I guess is my question, in your opinion, because you are the PhD of basketball. Yeah. So, so. No, no, you should know that I, <laughs> I put the medical doctors as a head in my food chain. I have the medical doctors ahead of the PhD doctors. Okay. And, okay. Which means that I give no respect even to my family, which they're about five. They're all PhDs, but uh, I, I, I have a medical doctor hire. Um, that they're not the fourth best team in the country. Um, but they, when they get rolling, they just always seem to find a way to win. So the challenge will be what happens in the NCAA tournament. They, they did everything else last year. And this, to me, they're just so many upsets. Ohio state beats Purdue and there's not a person in the world, even fans at Ohio state who knew who the coach was because they fired their head coach and it was an interim that, that one is just, so my point is that. To be close but still win is of more value this year than any other year because there have been so many upsets. And maybe Marquette will find, but I look at, I mean, Wisconsin, I just think is good. They were better than Marquette when they played, and Wisconsin's had a number of those games they just shouldn't have lost. There's nothing Marquette could do. Well, DePaul might be close, but Michigan's horrible. Horrible. Did I say it loud enough? Horrible. And they beat them. And they beat Wisconsin. So, uh, for a fan that doesn't really follow college f- uh, basketball, this unless UConn is that much better than everybody, uh, this could be an amazing tournament with all kinds of upsets. So, 
Yeah, which will be fun. I do like the tournament. If I watch basketball, I watch yeah. the tournament for the drama of it. Yeah, so no, I think that's fun. You know, the uh, I have attempted the Homer two fifty six for many years, but it hasn't caught. Uh, it has. It has caught no fire whatsoever. I want to. <laughs> I have. I have like five questions to ask you about uh, about Jordan Love. Uh, so is his life? Is his life already changed? Like he was Jordan, uh, he was the nobody knew him. Jordan, is he already now? Is his? Would you say to him, your old life is over? It's, there's a new life. You are a new person based on what you've done. Is that? Is that accurate? Is it that large a difference already? Oh, it's accurate. Yeah, he, he's a different guy. He's known. He he stepped into the spotlight and he shined. Everybody and- wants to know what he thinks about everything. What his favorite movie is. What he has for breakfast. It's already at that level. Oh yeah. He's he's a star, man. He's a star, wow. and if he continues to play this way, he'll be a superstar. Wow, I love that. Write that one down. That'll get people to watch other. The doctor of football says Jordan Love is already a star. All that's left is whether or not he becomes a superstar. Did I do that right? Yep. There you have it. Nothing else we said matters. Next.